You're listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. Welcome back to another episode of ACB Advocacy Update. I said it right last week. I could not get it out of my mouth to save my life. So, yay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, welcome. Welcome, Tony. We're excited to have you. How's uh, life at your new job going? Busy, but good. We just finished up a big fundraiser, closing it out. So that's always a nice relief to kind of get through the big annual gala thing. Yeah, so we are here to talk about this week. I thought it would be a great in memory of talking about George H.W. Bush. Um, he had a big role in the American passing the Americans with Disabilities Act, which impacts all of us who are blind and have disabilities. Um, and so I just thought it would be a great time to talk about the ADA his role and just kind of reminisce back on that. I know, I think I heard on the news today, he's, he's officially at the Capitol right now. Mm -hmm. He knows that, right? Yeah. So. So he'll be through probably when this drops on, I guess if you all put this out tomorrow, yeah, he'll be there. I, I think he's in state for, was it 35 hours? And then they're going to do a procession up to the National Cathedral. Yeah, up to the National Cathedral, which is a couple I, live miles very, away. I live very close to. So it'll be interesting to see the... I'll probably go right down Wisconsin. Are you near Wisconsin or? Yeah, I'm pretty close to Wisconsin. So yeah, the motor so. will probably go yeah. not too far from where I live. So yeah, it'll be exciting. So yeah. Yeah, it's kind of surreal. I, uh, I, I mean, I, you know, remembered George Bush, the senior, much more than obviously you do. I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, but it is, it is something that, you know, has really made me sort of think over the past few days you know, in some sense, kind of a, a desire to try to get back to kind of what the climate was that helped pass the ADA. For sure. You know, it was an interesting time. I mean, I was in high school when the ADA was passed. So I was not an advocate out on, out on the street or, you know, you know, wasn't part of any of the legacy that was, you know, the five, six year old, older people ahead of me. But it definitely was, you know, it definitely was an interesting time of just Hi, Lars Ulrich says he's just being... Lars Ulrich says he's just beginning to enjoy Metallica's success. Yeah, my email just popped in. Lars Ulrich is, is enjoying the Metallica success. Uh, <laughs> oh, is that what you do at your announced. new job? <laughs> it's this iHeartDaily radio thing. I, I don't, I wish I could figure out how to get off all the email lists that I'm subscribed to. Cause I, I, I wish that they could make it easier impossible. to get off for, yeah. you know, I don't know if it's like an accessibility thing or if it's intentionally everybody out there has a hard time getting off lists. I think it's an equal opportunity. Yeah, so. Anyways, I apologize. I'm just going to turn this down. That's mute. okay. Can you hear me still? Yes. I wanted to make sure I didn't mute the whole thing. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I, I uh, you know, I, I very much remember the ADA getting passed and Harkin being one of the signers. You know, it was one of the last real sort of bipartisan major civil rights piece of legislation yeah. that this country has really passed. We did the ADA Amendments Act in 2007, 2008 that, yeah. that, that his son signed into law. That's true, yeah, huh? Which, which was good in a sense, but this was a monumental, huge bill when it got passed. I mean, because there were bits and pieces of protections, but nothing that was overarching over the entire country. Yeah, that was so significant. 
Yeah. Mm. Do you, what was your, what's your impression? I'm, I'm curious to know, cause I mean, I'm very well, there was a nice little touching thing on Saturday Night Live this weekend at the end of their weekend update. Oh, was it really? I'll have to look that up and watch it. Where they do, you know, it used to be, it might've been Dana Carvey always did the impressions of, of George H. Bush. And, you know, he was that Quentin Bay prudent if we went to this juncture and, <laughs> and would do these really, and, and they had an episode one time where, where President Bush actually came onto the show and said, you don't oh, do really? it at all. Like it was a real, and it kind of showed a different side to him. And they did a really nice tribute to that to show that he was somebody who could really, in a sense, you know, not be afraid to laugh at himself. I mean, a, a himself, sense of humility. Yeah. And I, I think of all, you know, there's that book, Good to Great, which is a, an interesting book that folks have never read it about, sort of the, the top CEO leaders that have led really great companies, not, not the big flashy companies that you see like Silicon Valley, some of the big ones, but, but the really solid companies that endure and make real lasting change and are real positive for their employees. And so it's a book called Good to Great. And one of the chief things in it is about humility. I think mm -hmm. it's always a good sign for a real leader is that there's a sense of humility. And he was definitely yeah. a humble person. I mean, he was very soft-spoken. Yeah. And he, I, I was very fortunate. I was in high school and I was awarded an award from, it was called the Yes I Can Award for the Foundation for Exceptional Children. And it was kind of a big thing that flew me up to Toronto. It was an international award. And really? I, I got uh, a signed letter from George Bush and from Brian Mulroney, who, okay. was, who was the Prime Minister of Canada. Uh -huh. And a um, so he was the, 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 the PM back then. And, it, and I still got that letter today. You know, it's a neat, it was just sort of a, that's cool. You know, for for kids with disabilities, like he was a real sort of icon. I mean, there were all the yeah. people behind the scenes that helped get it passed, like Harkin, like Orrin Hatch. Yeah. Who's still in Congress today. But, but you know, it was a real bipartisan lift. And so it was a yeah. nice, nice That's, I know I was reading about it and they were saying it's one of the most, you know, bipartisan, you know, not unanimous, but pretty darn close to it kind of passage of a law that we've seen in a long time. And that's pretty exciting. Well, disability is interesting because it's the kind of thing that, you know, my wife texted me yesterday saying she was surprised. She didn't know he had a service dog. Yeah. And I had all kinds of people texting me about that. Saying, yeah. You know, they know I'm a service animal user mm -hmm. and they know how much I love it. And I got so many messages about that. And it's, you know, it just sort of shows that disability, when I mean, you look back to Franklin Roosevelt, who did so much, uh, you know, and he had polio and even though he kind of hid from it, because it was shamed back then. Yeah. You know, the idea that, that disability is something that crosses every economic line, every social con class, every ethnicity, you know, disability is an overarching area that, that you know, achieved a, a, a status of civil right protection. Yes, yeah. And it's the kind of thing that every, you know, and so it's always been sort of this mom and apple pie, but sometimes not so much in, in recent years, but but it, it was, I think, then the quintessential, I mean, you had Dick Thornburg, who was the attorney general. I think, mm -hmm. no, was he, uh, yeah, he was, was he AG? Was it attorney yeah. general? It was something. Yeah. So, but but Thornburg, who, who was with the administration, um, and then you had Harkin, and then you had, uh, you know, Hatch uh, in the mm -hmm. House. You had uh, Steny Hoyer, who's still representing still our former doing. district, the 5th of Maryland. Yep. Uh, Tony Colejo beforehand, but you had this whole sort of tapestry of members of Congress that helped advocate for it. And then you had the advocates as well that are legends in our world, folks like yes. Justin Dart, yeah. you know, who helped really, really sort of lead on in his sort of, you know, who he was as a person. And it's nice to still see his, his wife 
is still around here. The Ocean yeah. Dart here in DC still really actively involved. You know, years after. I was uh, I was reading this speech that um, H. W. Bush gave the day he signed it on July twenty sixth, nineteen ninety. I was reading his um, his speech because you know it's some pretty classic words we all hear all the time. And he thanked at the beginning one of the people he thanked was Justin Dart, and he said, you know, sitting right up here with me, and that kind of struck me when I read it and thought, oh my gosh, how cool and crazy to think that Justin Dart was right there, you know, probably feet away from Bush. Um, the same Rose Garden where I'm sure Roosevelt cursed by having to navigate with his own chair when he first yeah. went to the White House, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, a, it's a real sense of, um, and when you go to the White House now, you realize it's an old building, hundreds mm -hmm. of years old. Yeah. It's pretty, they've done a good job of making it accessible. And when you go in on the ramps and things, and you just kind of realize, wow, uh, this wouldn't be the case. And it's ironic, we still run into issues sometimes in Congress with Congress not being accessible, like Braille on doors. Mm -hmm. And the reality is that Congress excluded themselves from the ADA. From the ADA, a lot yeah. Of, a lot of laws, obviously, they passed, they, in a sense, to keep sort of this autonomy of the three pillars of government, you know, um, excluded themselves. While there are a lot of accessibility gains that have been made in trying to work with Congress over the decades, um, you know, you can much easier get around the White House than you can the the U.S. Capitol, which was built, you know, 40, 50 years after the yeah. White House. So, sense of irony there. But it, it is exciting to think that, that where we've come, and, and, and a lot of it is to, to thanks to Bush, because he could have, you know, who knows what, what direction he could have taken. He could have taken it, yeah. Yeah, I was reading. Don't always have to sign bills. Yeah, I was reading online, I guess. Um, so the National Council on Disability, NCD, it used, I think it was like the National Council on Handicap Issues or something back yeah. in the day, and then they changed it to NCD um, mm -hmm. to make it, you know, more politically correct, which we like. Um, I guess I was reading online that um, it was a really interesting story. Was it the challenge? I get all my... Um, space shuttles mixed up but i guess um reagan was supposed to meet with ncd one day to talk about what would become the ada and because of the challenger explosion yeah or, january 87 i think it was yeah. yeah um they they re reshuffled it and they had the they had the ncd meet with the vice president instead which was bush um, and apparently that was one of the beginnings of the conversations where bush really got involved so so interesting to think that you know the circumstances that happened and well he got in, so. i mean he got it in a sense that he was a he was a a, a veteran who fought through mm -hmm. world war ii and, and was injured himself and yeah uh you know uh, really in a sense um I think I think got it in a lot of ways that other bureaucrats didn't and and hats off again to the veteran you know like paralyzed vets and, and yeah. the veterans and other groups along with ACB that were actively pushing for this but you know it was again issues as, as we you know mentioned I think around the Veterans Day how, how much the veteran service organizations have helped in pushing issues and agendas you know there's a lot of thanks to that but I think you know again he was just such a humble person yeah and and in that sense Folks that, that want to get a side of George Bush that maybe they didn't know, one of the classic quintessential Christmas movies is It's a Wonderful Life. Mm -hmm. Who was the lead? Uh, come on. Jimmy Stewart. I'm going to fail you. No, that's all right. It's an old, it's an old, it's an old movie, Claire. Old. <laughs> so, but he does the audio description on it. Really? And, and it, kind of a nod to, you know, the fact that he helped pave the way so much for disability. And it was... 
So if you listen to the audio description this season, when it comes on, if it's Turner Classic Movies or whatever channel's gonna run it eight gazillion times, pop on the audio description, you get to hear a side of, of President Bush that you always maybe didn't think about you would hear. I like that, that's cool. Yeah, yeah he, um, you know, the 1988 election, one of his big campaign, um, you know, pushes had to do with the, the ADA. So that was something he campaigned on and, you know, obviously succeeded and it, it happened. So, you know, kind of exciting, kind of felt a little nerdy, but I'm, you know, very proud of the ADA and what it's done for me as a person with a disability. And I was born in 1988. So, you know, as I was reading it and thinking through it, I thought, wow, you know, 1988, he won the presidency as that part of his campaign in that same year, you know, I was born, and so, you know, just yeah. kind of putting the pieces together, oh, kind of cool to think about. 30 years ago. Can yeah. That? Isn't that crazy? And, and it, 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 folks don't always, you know, they think a bill just becomes a law like the song. It gets pushed through in a couple months. Yes, I'm only a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. Capital hell. That's right. <laughs> we lost that person this past year, too. That's uh, right. We did. Songs, but the Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah. But, you know, as far as... The, the bill, it was introduced to Congress before, like, like you had mentioned, and, and, you know, folks were working with Reagan, and then, because Reagan was still in office, and, and then Bush came in in 89. Calejo, who was one of the original authors that helped work on the bill, he was a member of Congress. He, he left Congress. He himself has epilepsy. And, and so it was an issue that, you know, had existed for, like you had mentioned, a couple of years. Well, I mean, we know for decades there have been sort of civil rights you know, push for Americans with disabilities, but. Yeah, but I mean, was, you think of the Rehab Act of 73, yeah, yeah 15 but years you, earlier. You think about how just the stars aligned and we lucked out that they lined up in 1989 and 90. Yeah. In that Congress and then, you know, it was signed into law on, uh, in July, 1990. Yeah, it's crazy. And it took a couple years to, and, and here's the other thing though too, is, you know, and it was, it was almost halfway through his term. You know, it was a year and a half in when he signed it into law. But, and that's where I think a lot of credit goes to Dick Thornburg and the work he was doing on, on sort of the justice side was to, to really, you know, they did a good job of shepherding in the bill as well and trying to get regulations enacted and, mm. and working with DOJ to get, you know, if only the internet was five years early, we maybe would have much more accessible internet. But yeah. <laughs> in terms of a lot of the physical areas out, in, you know, buildings, curb cuts, architectural type barriers, in addition to things, you know, I got a service dog a couple of years after that, my first service mm -hmm. dog, and right yeah. as those laws were coming through. And it was, I remember it was sort of an exciting time to think, you know, the people um, in the cohorts ahead of me that got dogs, they were talking about all the issues with being discriminated. And, and even then it was those early years of having a guide dog in the early 90s when I first got my first dog, Quint, was a lot of education. You know, yeah. the law was enacted, but there still had to be a lot of folks that had to explain and educate. I mean, I think of the issues we have now, I can't even imagine what it was like, you know, 25 plus years ago. Yeah. Well, it was a lot of education. I remember that when I started the University of Georgia, when I went to college, they had the, the Office for Disability Services was on the second floor of a building built in around oh, like the 1820s that had yeah. no elevator. Yeah. And this was the Office of Disability Services. And it just never really clicked, you know, even though you can maybe argue, well, that was protected under Section 504 of the Rehab Act for a public university that was getting federal dollars, but it sort of changed the whole mindset where people people would try to make things accessible if they were in a sense, say, pushed by Section 504 of the Rehab Act, 
or if there were other things that really tried to push them. If some states, some states had already had existing laws that really yeah. helped in civil rights protections for people with disabilities, like you know California and other states. But by at large, there was a real sense at that time of you know folks working together. I remember, you know, there was you know we had uh, wheelchairs that were chain chaining themselves up in front mm -hmm. of the, the buses yep. at the university of georgia because we didn't have accessible buses yep so you know the ada was passed but there was still a lot of legwork that had to get done afterwards. had to be done um it's interesting that you're talking about the regulations because obviously we had the law that was passed in 90 but then you had to have promulgate all these regulations to really understand what it had to look like and um, I was really fortunate to intern with the disability rights section of the civil rights um, division of Department of Justice, um, both during undergrad and then during law school. And so I got to interact with a lot of the attorneys who were there in the early 90s before the disability rights section was even officially the disability rights section. Um, so people like John Wodach, um, who are there on the floor, like helping to yeah. come up with these regs. And I just thought, what a cool and crazy idea to like be there at the very beginning and figuring out something that, you know, now we take for granted, like, oh, you know, curbs have to be X inches tall yeah. or, well, you know, and just none of that existed. Well, and, we, and we need to thank a lot of folks out there too that, that helped push the Department of Justice. I mean, there's folks like, you know, Laney Feingold, a lot yeah. of ACB knows, mm -hmm. who's done great work. Uh, you know, there's Browns, Goldstein and Levy, Dan Goldstein and Andy Levy here in Baltimore. They're only a few blocks from my house. You know, they've done a lot of work representing the Federation, but even Andy himself is a person with a, with a physical disability, you know, um, and, and they really, you know, have had a, a lot of opportunities in the courts, I think, that to really not just assure the laws being protected, but to help form the law even more beyond what they were did in the regulatory process. That's true, yeah. It's true, yeah. So we wouldn't have nearly the ADA we had if it wasn't for the fact, unfortunately, but in having to go to court, it's never fun to have to, it's always a last resort, it was always my thought, but, but when it has gone to court, that has also helped re both reaffirm and in some sense sort of help pave the way uh, towards really better you know, clarifying just what accessibility means. And I mean, even today, you know, we're a common law system. And so what the court says, you know, shapes how it's, the law is interpreted. So we continue to see, you know, how things evolve. And we saw what happened pre-ADA Amendments Act of 2008. And, you know, Congress said to come back in and say, you know, no, the heart of the ADA really meant X, Y, and Z. So it's interesting to constantly see, you know, what, the ADA is all about and what, you know, H.W. Bush signed and, you know, what we have now. And it's forever an interesting process to look at and see how it evolves. So, yeah, well, he'll, he'll be missing that sense. He's part of a, you know, there's a few of the senators left. I can't think of too many people in the House of Representatives anymore, but, you know, occasionally you'll, you'll have Bob Dole or, or, you know, Barbara Dole sort of still you know, hear them advocating. Tom Harkin had his disability conference here in DC a couple weeks ago for the couple Tom weeks Harkin ago, ACB, yeah. Uh, that that ACB was fortunate to uh, be part of. But you know, it really is, in a sense, uh, you know, kind of a, a one of those transition points. I mean, you, you talked about thirty years ago. That, that's really a long time. Yeah. When you think, where will we be in thirty years from now? What are we working on today? 
that's going to be our legacy? Is it going to be, you know, the CVAA? Like, what is the world of technology going to look like as accessibility? Mm -hmm. The Communications Video Accessibility Act is what the CVA stands for. It does all the mobile phones and television and stuff like that. And like you said, it's so interesting how um, certain things were never put in the regs because they didn't exist. You know, websites didn't really exist. And so that's now the question, does it fit under the ADA because it's so unknown? What's our next websites, quote unquote? You know, what will we have in another 20 years that should go under the ADA, but we just didn't even think of because it wasn't around. And so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the next 20, 40 years look like. Accessible space transporters. Yes. Yes. Teleportation devices. <laughs> how would you how would you work a guide dog in zero gravity? That's what I want to know. Hmm. I don't think Kodiak would like it very much. <laughs> Maybe get him a little like jetpack so he can kind of, <laughs> you know just freak Palmer out, my dog. <laughs> Poor Palmer. Yeah. He's shell shocked enough as it is. <laughs> oh. So yeah, so that's yeah, it's an end of an error with him passing on. But yeah. Know, We'll but, see what um, the future holds for us. Yeah, I was listening. I listen to the news every morning when I get ready. Um, and so I was listening to NPR yesterday, maybe. And they, you know, were talking about him and saying what he's known for and brought up some really great things that he's known for. But they did not mention the ADA. And I just thought that was really interesting how, you know, different communities, I guess, can look at people for different reasons. And you know, I hear George H.W. Bush and I instantly think of the ADA because I'm so grateful and it's a huge part of my life and who I am. And so, you know, just hoping that people will recognize those kinds of contributions um, and not just, you know, passing over because it doesn't apply to them yeah. because it's huge. It's a huge thing in the American culture. So for only a four year president, he had a lot going on. I remember I turned 18 right as the first Gulf War started. Mm. and we were all like here we go to the draft and I was like I'm not gonna get drafted <laughs> but, but there was a large you know there were a lot of us that that year was my senior year in high school we, had, we were signing up for the draft and uh you know you have to you have to sign up for the selective service every every male over 18 in this country and you know there's other things in his presidency that were legacies you know but that you know it it by the time I think I actually was able to sign up the war was already over you know, such a, yeah yeah hot spot but yeah I mean it was you know, he was he was a four-year president, but his legacy has obviously gone far beyond four years as far as impacting our community. Yeah. I remember um, in, I guess it would have been my first time coming to D.C. I was in high school, so it was back in 2010. Um, I got to come to D.C. for a conference for youth with disabilities, and <clears throat> we went to the Kennedy Center, and they had a big <clears throat> excuse me, a 20 year anniversary event for the signing. And so they had all kinds of people there who were, Harkin was there and Bush was there. And I remember, you know, I'm 20 years old and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm in the room with all these people. And I just remember feeling <clears throat> so blessed and what a like great- rock stars. Group. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they are giants in our world. Yeah, they really are giants. Yeah. Um, so I wrote down one of the quotes that we often hear. Um, so it said, Bush, H.W. Bush said, and now I sign legislation which takes a sledgehammer to another wall, one which has for too many generations separated Americans with disabilities from the freedom they could, gr could glimpse but not grasp. When again, we rejoice as this barrier falls, proclaiming, 
uh, claiming together, we will not accept, we will not excuse, and we will not tolerate discrimination in America. thought that was really cool. So great way to end it. Yeah. So any last thoughts about, about this week with um, Bush? No, that's, it's been a nice sort of, sort of walk down memory lane, if you will. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, yeah in memory of a, a giant who helped wear, uh, helped make our rights um, available under the ADA. I hope that just reminds us, as we always say, that we need to keep advocating. So keep advocating, everybody. We have the ADA. So lead on. Lead on. You've been listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. For questions and comments, email advocacy at acb.org. Learn more about the American Council of the Blind by visiting us online at www.acb.org.
You've been listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. For questions and comments, email advocacy at acb.org. Learn more about the American Council of the Blind by visiting us online at www.acb.org.